Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. You want to hear a cool promise this morning? The Bible says, let's all stand. So we're tuning in, we're tuning in to Holy Spirit right now. This isn't just another Sunday. We've come to encounter the Holy One. We're growing up. We're learning, the God, we're learning the heart of the Father towards Israel. If you haven't plugged into the 21-day fast and praying for Israel every day, do it. It's the heart of the Father. We've come in to be together to honor Him because we want Him. That wasn't the promise. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, everybody say all, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You don't have to have it figured out. That's your promise this morning. Let's raise our hands. God, we're desperate for you. We are desperate for a move of you. We are ever so more aware of our weakness and our need for you. And this morning, God, we run, we run into your wings. We run under the shadow of your wings this morning, oh God, where we are protected, where we are safe, where we can hear your voice clear, where you are so close, we're running to your heart this morning, oh God. And this is my prayer. This is my prayer that you would pour your spirit out in this place today, God. We need a move. Everybody say that. We need a move. Come on, say it. We need a move. We need a move. God, we need you. We're desperate for you. You're the one that our heart pitter pats for. You're the one that our heart pounds for. We long for you. We long for your ways. We don't like it the way we do it. We want you. We want you. And so, guys, out here, I invite you. Open your heart this morning and run into his presence. God, we hold nothing back this morning. We come to worship your name in Jesus' name. We just ask right now, God, that you would just touch every heart, every child, every man, every woman. No matter where we're at in our journey and our walk with you, God, we just we just invite you and we ask today, God, that you would just touch every life with your holiness. May it just burn out impurities. Holy Spirit, that you would just bring conviction of sin and areas in people's lives that just need to be repented of, God. That your holiness would just wash over us and purify this house this morning, God. Just ask right now that you would just minister to hearts all throughout the remainder of this service. Right now, you just continue to move and work and stir in the hearts of your people, God. We just pray for the illumination and revelation of your word to just to just be released in this house and upon every heart and every mind this morning, oh God. We just ask it right now that Your Word would just be illuminated and enlightened, the revelation of Your Word. We just pray that Your Word would instruct. We pray that Your Word would correct. We pray that Your Word would encourage. We pray that Your Word would rebuke. We just pray that Your Word would fulfill its purpose in each and every one of us today, God. 
as we mature deeper in our walk with you, God. We just give you our yes. We give you our yes in this house. We thank you, Jesus. We pray for chains to be broken. We pray for hearts to be mended. We pray for minds to be freed. We pray for addictions to be broken. We pray for bodies to be healed. We pray for heaviness to be lifted and for joy to be released. God, just have your way in this house. Let freedom reign through your holiness, through your power. We give you glory and honor and praise. Just stand before your holiness. We embrace and reverence your presence in this house. We sit in all of you, God. You have our attention. You have our readiness. Have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's just give the Lord a praise offering as you're being seated. It needs so good. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew in chapter 5. <clears throat> Matthew in chapter 5. You're going to have your Bible out with you this morning. If you have a notepad and pen, as I always recommend you do, um, just to be able to jot down, and I'm going to get, go through several scriptures today that if you grab a hold of these, put, putting them together will be, will be beneficial and uh, helpful to you in your walk with the Lord. Amen. Two weeks ago, I preached on the power of God and, uh, and believing and praying for the power of God to be a reality and a personal testimony in our everyday lives. Amen? Not just something we look forward to at a conference or the next wind of revival or whatever it may be, but stepping into a place where, where the power of God is a, is a daily part of our testimony that we live with and under. And, and then last week I spoke on Jesus' first parable of the seed and the sower and the enemy's tactics to steal or hinder the growth of God's seed, the Word of God in your life. Uh, uh, that parable uh, breaks down into three different areas. That is the enemy's tactic to steal it, to burn it up, and to choke it out. And we kind of broke these three things down. And, and the reason why, because again, we're still in this realm of speaking on living in and under the power of God and growing in the power of God, influencing our lives. And so we hit this because it's important because the enemy's tactic to keep you from living and operating in the power of God is to keep the seed of God's Word from nourishing in you that grows roots that produces a fruit. Amen? So the way he does that is he steals it, he burns it, and he chokes it out. That's the first parable that Jesus taught. So anyways, we talked about that. Now, today I want to talk about a personal hindrance that can affect us all in a deep way. And ultimately, I feel like the Lord gave me a title for today, and the title for today is The Mark of the Father. What is the mark of the Father in our life as we move forward of learning how to grow and live under the power of God and allowing it to flow through our lives? The mark of the Father. So when you turn to Matthew in chapter 5 and read through this with me, we'll go to verse uh, 43. Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. This is the Sermon on the Mount. 
chapter 5, 6, and 7. So this is right here in the beginning part of Jesus' sermon. And He says in verse uh, 43, You have heard that it was said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Verse 46, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Now look at verse 48. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is talking about the mark of the Father. And the mark of the Father is operating out of love. And the mark of the Father is forgiving and having compassion against those that have a debt with us. Then when you get into Matthew, uh, you go just a little bit further in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus, here in the, still in the Sermon on the Mount, is teaching on prayer. And in this, He teaches us to pray. Father, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Right? And then He went on to say, right after this in verse 14 and 15 of chapter 5, and He says, For you, for if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now pay attention to that. Jesus is teaching His disciples. He's saying, listen, for if you forgive others, that word if is a big word, guys. If you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, then your Father will not forgive you yours. That's a powerful statement. When we love our enemies, when we forgive our enemies... The Scripture is teaching us that we're, we're marked by the Father's love. To be marked by the Father's love is to love those who hurt us, to love those who offend us, to, to, to love those who hurt us in deep ways, and ultimately to truly forgive them. In other words, guys, this is, this is so important that we grab this. The single greatest indicator that we are marked by the Father's love is our capacity to love our enemies. Think about that for a moment. That's just so good, I'm going to say it again. The single greatest indicator that we ourselves are marked by the Father's love is our capacity to then love our enemies. To turn into Ephesians... Told you we're going to do a little Bible study today. Turn to Ephesians in chapter 4. This is a real important point. Again, I'm talking about, about uh, things that hinder us from living in and under in, in the power of God and being released through our lives. So here in Ephesians, you guys there? Um, chapter 4. Ephesians in 4. And we're going to jump in <clears throat> at verse 25. Pay real close every, every word of, of the Lord. 
Verse 25, Therefore, He's just been talking about, about putting on the new man, living in a new way, living as a new man in Christ. And then here in 25, verse 25, He says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one body. Look at verse 28. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath. When you feel pain, you deal with it quickly. When you've been hurt, you deal with it quickly. When you feel offense, you deal with it quickly. Why? Verse 27. Nor give place or foothold to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands uh, what is good, that he may have something to give uh, who has need. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Help us, Lord. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. When we're speaking, we've got to ask ourselves, is this conversation imparting grace to those that's hearing my voice right now. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now look at verse 31. It digs a little bit deeper here. Now let all bitterness, everybody say all, all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Isn't that a powerful statement? I want to take you back up to the beginning of this in verse 25. In, in verse 26, where it's talking about anger, it's talking about bitterness, talking about being hurt, and not letting, not, and, and not sinning. Do not sin in that anger. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. When you begin to, you're going to feel angry. We're going to get angry. So when we feel the anger when we've been hurt, He's teaching us we've got to do something with it. We let that thing, we don't let that thing, we don't let that thing settle in us. We feel that pain, we feel that hurt, we feel that rejection, we feel that offense, we feel the wound, we feel the pain. How many know you're going to feel pain? Jesus talks so much about relationships, because relation, He built us for it. But yet, if you get in any level of relationship, there's going to be pain involved in it. You're not going to have a friendship without pain involved in it. You're not going to be a part of a church without there being pain involved in it. You're not going to come under any leader without there being pain involved in it. You're not going to lead and have people that you're leading without having pain involved in it. It's relational. Offense is going to come. And here it's saying that, that when these things come upon you, do not sin in it. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place, or many that translated into the word foothold to the devil. So now the word foothold in a place is linked together with forgiveness and holding on and, 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 and keeping a grip on anger. So let me show you what this is, it actually looks like. The, the word foothold or the word place. The, the Greek word for foothold is the word 
uh, topos or topos. I don't really know. One of the two. It's T-O-P-O-S. You figure that one out. But this Greek word, um, the definition of it means an inhabited place. So Paul is warning the church. He's warning us. He says, if we, if we, if we, if, if we don't take the high ground and truly forgive and release anger, release offense, release bitterness, then Satan can take up ground. He can take up a place. He can have an inhabited place in your heart and in your mind in that area where you're holding on to offense and when you hold on to that pain and you hold on to that anger. Do not give the enemy a place. He's saying, again, that our anger can lead us out of the river of God's presence and into some dark places if we don't deal with it and get that out of us. So we need to be careful. We need to, we need to deal with it quickly so that we don't, so that we don't de develop any, any bitter roots. Now, it, it goes on down in there in verse 32, and, and, uh, and, 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 and Paul, Paul goes on to say, Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Forgive one another, right? Even as Christ forgave you. Amen. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, isn't it, guys? This is the Word of God. I just, I just want us to understand today that forgiveness is vital to your spiritual well-being. Forgiveness is vital to your spiritual well-being. It's vital to your spiritual health. It's vital to your spiritual growth. It's vital to your freedom. Turn into the Gospel of Luke in chapter 17. Luke in chapter 17. How's everybody doing? Amen. Luke chapter 17, and we'll just start at verse 1. Just read, read through here just a little bit. You got it? Then he says to his disciples, Luke 17, 1, he says to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him whom they come. It would be rather for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were to be thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, look at this, verse 4. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, then you shall forgive him. Isn't that something? Verse 5. Then the apostle, then, then look at this, this is awesome. Then the apostle says to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in the form in, in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink? Look at verse 9. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Verse 10, so likewise you, 
when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. It's pretty strong. So here we go. Whether we sin against people or they sin against us, Jesus keeps the focus on our responsibility. Whether we sin against someone or they sin against us. When you're in the Scripture and you're saying, Lord, how do I handle that? Jesus always puts the responsibility back on us. Why? Because it's the only thing that we can control. I can't control you. You can't control me. But we can control ourselves. So Jesus puts this responsibility back into our hands. And Jesus says, <coughs> we must forgive. And I love this. He says, even if they, even if they uh, 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 sin against you seven times in a day and come back and repent, we must, we must. In other words, he's saying, you've got, you, you've got to forgive repeat offenders. <laughs> it's really easy to justify not forgiving repeat offenders. Like our, our flesh can make it really easy to justify it. It just can. It's, our, it's the flesh. It's our human nature. Jesus doesn't want us to live by our human nature. He wants to live by Him. He wants us to live by the mark of the Father. And the Father's love in everything that we do. Come on, somebody. So just like you and I here this morning, the, 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 the apostles struggled with this a tad bit. So Jesus just tells them this. He tells them that the level that they're going to need to forgive and love people and let, and let, and let, let those things go. And uh, the even repeat. And so the disciples are like, red flag. Hold up a second here, Jesus. Red flag. Uh, hmm. Increase our faith. Jesus says, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to forgive even if it's seven times a day and they come back and they repent. Forgive, 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 forgive. And the disciples' uh, first response back to them is, is this. It is, Jesus, increase our faith. In other words, Jesus, we're going to need some help with that one. Casting out demons, we'll do that. We, we, we've watched you lay hands on the sick. Got it. Got it. Go preach boldly. Got it. Forgive my enemy over and over and over again. Jesus, I'm going to need help with that. That's what they're saying. How many, how many of you are like, yeah, I get, I get this. Because this is real. This is just real life, real life stuff. We can't do this, Jesus. And ultimately, I really think that when you really look at their response here, I, I, I think they were actually trying to like shift responsibility. Like, like if I'm going to have to do this, and you're, you're going to have to do it through me. Right? Like, I kind of feel like they're shifting responsibility from themselves onto God. One of the, one of the most uh, difficult parts of kingdom living is sorting out what's our part and what's God's part. There's a lot of things that's our part that we're just waiting on God to do and He's waiting on you to do it. Jesus is like, I've already forgiven Him, now you've got to do it. I'm going to do it seven times a day if they repent seven times a day. I've already made my decision in the matter. Now this is up to you. Isn't this awesome? It's like, God, help us, Lord. 
We often want to shift the responsibility in this matter in issues of the heart and offense and pain. And Jesus responds and He says, the smallest amount of faith in the God of the impossible is more than sufficient to to do all that, that I require you to do. But really when you look at this and you look at Jesus' response in regards to forgiveness here, this wasn't about faith. So Jesus then goes on and He then gives this parable about having a servant. Look look at this in, look at this, read this with me in uh, uh, chapter 17 uh, starting with verse 7. So here's Jesus' uh, response to them wanting to shift responsibility. Luke 17 uh, verse Verse 7. And which of you then, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Hey, come in at once and sit down and eat. But will he, will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper and, and uh, gird yourself and serve me until I have eaten and drunk. And afterward, then you will eat and drink. Does he think that servant, does he thank that uh, servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Now look at verse 10, guys. That's a strong, strong, strong scripture. So likewise, you, when you've done all those things which are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We've done what was our duty to do. It's kind of like, we want a pat on the back because we went through something hard. When, it's, when this whole issue of compassion and love and releasing people of debt and forgiving is a command of the Lord. That's, so Jesus teaches this. The, the disciples respond back. They try to shift the responsibility. And Jesus gives them this parable. And He said, at the end of the day, it, 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 it is our duty. So the key to this, what I want us to see this morning, is that forgiveness is a matter of obedience. It's a matter of obedience. It's not even a matter of faith. Faith will increase through the obedience. The feeling and the emotions will all begin to come in little by little as you start to bless and not curse. As you, as you begin to choose forgiveness. As you begin to pray the heart of the Father over whoever owes you a debt, over who's offended you. And all of a sudden, things will begin to shift because as you release, the Father releases you. I'm just saying that it's our responsibility and choice made possible by by the grace and forgiveness that we have received, right? Guys, I, God just, listen, I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about heaven being open and you, you operating in authority. I'm talking about you, you living under the power of God and having self-control to rebuke the enemy in your life and, 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 and reject him and refuse him and to be overcome temptations, to operate under the full love of God and the joy of the Lord and, and not, not be under offense and heaviness and bitterness and all of this kind of stuff, right? And, all, and I'm telling you that, that your part of forgiveness in that freedom, guys, is huge. And it's, it's truly our responsibility. But I just want you to know, guys, you have to choose to forgive. 
He can give you all of the faith in the world. He said, they don't even take a lot of faith. You just had a little piece of, of faith to say something, to tell that mulberry tree to move. It would, it would move. It's not about that. It's about you making the decision to release debt the way that I've chosen to release your debt. Come on. I don't know about you, but I've had people hurt me in my life in a way where nothing within my flesh wanted to let that thing go. It was inexcusable. Everything about it was evil. It hurt. It didn't just hurt me. It hurt my family. And in the end, the only, the only ones that that offense continued to affect was me if I didn't release it. Come on, somebody. And so the Lord walked me through a journey of truly learning how to forgive. And not just to forgive, but how to bless. Because I really found the forgiveness took root when I learned how to bless in the process of forgiveness. Everybody good? You've got to choose to forgive. You have to resolve. You've got to resolve to release people from your debt. Amen? It's our duty. This Scripture right here, Jesus makes it so clear in verse 10. It's, our, it's the duty of a faithful follower of Christ. It is the mark of the Father to choose forgiveness and to release people of their debt. Come on, guys. So I'm just going to do a quick little review. I'm going to give you kind of like... Why, why is this so important today? Why, why is this message so important to this house? Why is this message so important to you as, as leaders and as the body of Christ as we step into just the, the, the power of God operating in our lives? And so I just, just, I've already made these a little bit, but I'm going to hone in just a little bit more. But, but, but why, 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 why should we choose to forgive? Number one, forgive because you've been forgiven. This is really where the discussion begins and where the discussion ends at, really. And we really sh shouldn't have to go on any further, you know, because this is ultimately just where it all lands at is, is we forgive because we've been forgiven. Jesus, Jesus seals the deal with this parable in, in the Gospel of Matthew I know you guys have read a lot of scriptures, but I want this, I want this to be foundational in you. Uh, Jesus seals this point in Matthew 18, in verse 21. Let me just uh, read it to you real quick here. Uh, Peter come to him and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. In other words, Jesus, Jesus was saying stop counting. So if you're trying to count 70 times 7, think, okay, that's a lot. But once I get there, by golly, then I can hold on to it. You missed the whole point. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold. So here's a servant that can't pay his debt. So the master's saying, you're going to have to be sold and your wife and your children and all that you had. So, he, so him and his whole family were going to have to be sold into slavery to, 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 for this payment to be made. 
And then in verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all of it in time. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion and released him. Everybody say released him. How many are thankful that you've been released? How many had stuff in your life you need release from? Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Who in here has some stuff that you've needed to release from? That you had to go before the master because you knew, you knew that you couldn't pay that debt. You could not meet the requirement for that debt to be resolved. And just as this servant did, you had to bow before him and cry out for mercy and say, Lord, please help me with this. And he, he is so good that He's moved with compassion over us guys. You know what? There's such a lack of compassion in our culture today. I'm not talking about the culture of the world. I'm talking about the culture of the church. We expect everyone to fully be exactly like Jesus right now. I got news for you. Look in the mirror. You're not close yet. You're going to need our grace just as much as you need our grace. God, let compassion arise in this house. Let compassion arise within the believers of this house, God. Let us be people that are walking with the mark of the Father in all that we do, God. That we love people and release people in their debts as they grow in their journey and walk with You, O oh God. So powerful, man. This parable of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, this is what it looks like. This is what kingdom... In other words, Jesus is saying, this is what kingdom people should look like. Why? Because it's what the king looks like. Come on, guys. It's what the king looks like. We're his ambassadors, aren't we? If we follow the king, we should look like the king. If we follow the king, we should look like the king. We should, we should be carriers of the mark of the Father and His compassion, His love, and His forgiveness. The whole point of this parable here in Matthew 18 is this. And it is that it is absurd for us to hold anyone in our debt in light of the remarkable forgiveness that God has offered us. That's the whole point of this parable. Choose to let it go. Choose to release them. The second thing, one, we forgive because we've been forgiven. We're going to release because we've been released. We're going to release because we're going to look like the king, and this is what the king looks like. Number two, we're going to release and we're going to forgive so the enemy won't have ground. And I talked about this. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, that foothold, that ground, an inhabited place. When you hold someone in your debt, the enemy gets a stronghold in your life, guys. A stronghold is a, is a point of access. It's an open gate. It's a place where he can come in and inhabit in that area. And once that gate opens, then all of a sudden he can begin to torment. People begin to deal with, with areas of depression and anxiety and just heaviness and then shame. And a lot of times that just turns into roots then of bitterness and they just live bitter and the joy of the Lord is no longer operable in their life. And then a lot of times once we we get into that place, then we end up turning into sin for relief because we're miserable. 
And it all, it all t- t- goes back to a place that we left open for the enemy because we didn't truly forgive and release people. Until you forgive, you remain in its grip. Come on, guys. Until we truly forgive with the help and the grace of the Lord, we, we remain in La- Last thing. Praise God. When thinking of this from the perspective of community and, and, the bo- and a body, uh, the third one is forgive because bitterness is corrosive. Forgive because bitterness is corrosive. Hebrews, I'm just going to read this to you so you don't have to turn to it. Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 14 and 15 says, Pursue peace with all people. That word pursue is an action word. Pursue is an action word. That don't just mean live your life where no one gets mad at you. Ignore people and don't get close to them. That way there's no opportunity for anyone to have to confront anything. That is nowhere near what this Scripture is saying. This Scripture says, be active, move, be mobile, go after it. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, for without which no one will see the Lord. Watch this. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any, look at this, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many, everybody say many, by this many become defiled. This, 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 um, This context of forgiveness and release and having the mark of the Father of love and compassion, guys, is just, it's such a key part of us living in and walking in and growing in and under the power of God. It affects every one of us because we are, we live in people. And everyone around us makes mistakes. We fail one another. I love my wife. My wife is the, my most favorite person that is on planet Earth. No way do I ever intentionally want to hurt her in any way. But guess what? I do. I do. Even those closest to us, even unintentionally, through our weakness, through our own flesh that's dying daily, whatever that it may be, God. Even in our closest intimate relationships. And then then you spread it out from there into friendships and into church family and co-workers and this and that. And as it branches out, guys, this, this, this word that God has given us about guarding and shielding and protecting our hearts and choosing to forgive and releasing people of debt is so important. And here, in this third part, it's because it's corrosive. In other words, it here talks about letting no bitter root rise up. Bitterness causes us to leak. Somehow the enemy's pretty good at connecting leaking people. The more, the more leaking people he connects together, that greater that stream flows. Bitterness causes us to leak. We hold on to it. It's what it does. And all of a sudden, we begin to malign. We begin to gossip. We begin to spill anger. It doesn't just hurt our soul. It, become, it, it becomes an infectious disease in the community of believers. It's a dangerous thing. 
Many can be defiled. It's corrosive. This is what I want you to grab out of this. Everybody okay? I mean, if, I, if you're mad, <laughs> you got to make a choice. I knew this was going to be a little bit heavy today, so I thought I would open up with a joke like I did a couple weeks ago. However, apparently, I got quite a bit of pushback from my joke not being good. I thought it was hilarious. So I'll stick to doing what God's called me to do. But I'm working on another joke, actually. I'm going to be... Never mind. I, I'm getting distracted. Focus, Scott. Uh, focus. All right. I want you to grab a hold of this. Unprocessed hurts produce bitter roots. And bitter roots lead to these three things that I just gave to you. Unprocessed hurts produce bitter roots. You've got to deal with it, guys. We have to deal with it. We can't deal with the other person. We can't, we can't, we can't make them do something. That's not, what we're, that's not what we're commanded to do. We're commanded to do what we're commanded to do. We're commanded to operate with the mark of the Father. We're commanded to release as He's released us. Come on. I just want you to know today, guys, you have to process your anger and pain at all costs. It's easy to bury stuff. It's easy for us to convince ourselves that we're good. Amen? It's been many, many years now, quite a few years now, but some things happened in life and some things happened in ministry. and uh, There was just nasty, nasty stuff that had happened and nasty things that were said about me and my family and... I, I just continued to go through it. I went through it. We went through it. We went through the storm. We made it through the storm. And uh, I, well, we kept coming every week. I kept preaching. Kept doing marriage counseling. Kept teaching. Kept studying. Kept planning. Kept taking care of the church finances. Kept, kept doing. We stayed, stayed faithful. I stayed faithful. Stayed faithful. Stayed faithful. But in the process of that faithfulness, I began to realize that I was unhealthy. I preached some great sermons during that season, but I still knew that I was unhealthy. And then I realized, i got to deal with this. And I, at that point in time, you, have, have your, you, you know sometimes you can let that go for so long, you do so many other really good things that kind of hides that hurt and that bitterness, even though it's still there and it's still leaking out of you. All this other good stuff has come, so obviously that just must be okay right now, but yet you're still leaking. Sometimes it takes us a while before we recognize it. Anybody else? Or maybe I'm just slower than you guys. I can be pretty slow. But I began to realize that I was unhealthy. I was unhealthy as your pastor. I had convinced myself that I had forgiven. And I actually thought I had forgiven. But yet I was still hurting deep inside. I was still hurting deep inside. I was still carrying that pain. I was still, I was still regularly remembering the words that were, that, were, that were said. The things that were sown. And then I got away, I took two or three days and just got by myself and I've shared this in different capacities and different times, but I just got away and I fasted for three days and I got in a hotel room and I just shut the door and me and we just had to deal with this thing. <laughs> and I felt like the first day I just rested and slept all day long. I was just so exhausted. And then one night in the middle of the night, I just woke up and I just felt the presence of the Lord 
And I felt His love, and I felt His strength, and I was mad, and I was angry, and I was sad, and I was all these things. I just felt like a mess. I'm like, God, the church deserves so much better than this from their leader. I'm just dealing with all these internal things. And and I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and uh, having me begin to just uh, write down the names of the people that hurt me. I'd be just sit there and I just begin to do that in different situations. The things that I could remember that still when when they come up they still kinda like kinda like twist a little bit inside of you guys know what I mean? Right? Like it's still there. It's a uh and I just begin to do that. And then the Holy Spirit had me just begin to go back and speak each of their names out in that hotel room. And I did and I cried. A couple of them I kinda yelled their names out. And I cried and I just kept feeling more release from it. And I just went down through that list and I'm like, Jesus, I forgive him. I forgive him. And then, and then he's so good and yet sometimes he's so hard because then he had me go all the way back to the top of the list and I had to bless him. The forgiveness was hard. The blessing was harder. I kind of felt like the disciples, like, Jesus, I can't do this. Increase my faith or something. He's like, no, it's a choice that you have to make because your feelings are going to line up once you start to do it in obedience. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, every, probably the room's connected to me. I'm, I'm surprised no one called 911 or something because I was yelling in that room and crying and then sleeping and I yelled some more. But I can tell you that genuinely as I begin to go down through that list and I begin to call them out by name and I begin to just release the heart of the Father genuinely over them. Right? Not coals of fire. That's not His heart. But I just begin to bless them. And the more that I did, the more my heart just began to become free. And I would like to say that I walked out of that room three days later completely changed and it's not what happened. But I walked out of that room three days later a whole lot more healed than I walked in and it was the process that He walked me through of completely releasing those things and being free from that in Jesus' name. There's been some things that's happened to some of you guys that are horrifying. There are some things that have happened to some of you guys physically and emotionally and verbally that never should have happened. There are people that have done things and people that have failed that there's absolutely no, no, no excuse for it at all. And then yet, in those darkest moments, in those darkest things, Jesus says, release them to Me as I've released you. Come on, somebody. Determine to hold no grudges. Determined to, to nurse no wounds. We nurse wounds. Determined to nurse no wounds. Nurture no disappointments. Because you're going to have disappointments. Nurture no disappointments. Hang on to no resentments. Our cry should be, uh, 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 God, Uh, I will process my pain at all costs, O Lord. I will forgive and bless my enemies, and I will bless everyone who cursed me. Guys, it's our choice. It's the heart of the Father. 
And I think I'm just going to finish with this and pray with you guys. But listen, just get this. That passage that I read, that I read, Jesus says, this is our duty. It's our duty. It's our duty to forgive. It's our duty to operate in the mark of the Father. Your husband fails you, it's our duty to forgive. If your husband, your, your wife fails you, it's our duty to forgive. There's a whole nother sermon I could go into right now, but you guys wouldn't stay for it. And that's what forgiveness looks like. I don't believe it's to go, go back into being, being abused. So I'm not saying those things. So, so, sometimes there's, In that list, there's a few people in there that, that God has, has restored relationships back where they were at. And there's a bunch of people in that list that the Lord's taken them other places and we can, we can casually see each other here or there and not want to hurt one another. But we don't vacation together anymore. We're not having a Christmas party at my house anymore. Sometimes it looks different. Can I tell you, it's okay that it looks different. Listen to me. It's okay that it looks different. Let the Lord take it where He needs to take it. But you need to make sure that you're truly releasing it to the Lord. And that, and that, that, that you're not nursing any wounds in it. Come on, somebody. And it's so good. I'm preaching this sermon because I believe that very little of the church... Um, as a whole, understands the power of unforgiveness and how it keeps the church in bondage. I truly do. I truly believe that God's wanting to set people free and help lead them into places of truly forgiving and releasing as He's released us. And that's going to open up heaven in your life. And it's going to close the gate. It's going to close the foothold that you've allowed the enemy to have area in your heart, a place in you where he can root, root and cause bitterness and discord and do these things that just that leak out of us. Come on, somebody. Any good? Okay, well, there you have it. I'm going to have Craig come and I'm going to have I'm going to have Craig come and I'm going to do two things. How many are ready to be real with the Lord? Who wants to be real today? How many wants to be real enough today to say there's some things that's disappointed me and hurt me and I want to be free from it today? Don't continue on in the process like I did. Get rid of that stuff today. Let that thing go. Cry out to God for help. Cry out for His mercy and His compassion. Ask Him to give you grace to walk through this thing rightly. Where even in our brokenness, even in our brokenness... See, when I think about that, He's, choosing, he's telling us to choose to forgive when we're broken, not when we're healed. Because He says, don't let the anger go down. Don't, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, that means, well, probably you're still broken in that moment, if it had any depth to it at all. So he's saying, in the, in the midst of the greatest hour of your pain, right? In the greatest hour of that pain, choose to forgive right there. Let me help you with it. I'm going to do two, two things right now. I'm going to ask some of our ministry team, if you guys will come that are here. Uh, looks like quite a few of them are out, but if you're part of, of our, my ministry team, uh, I'm just going to have you come and stand on this side of the altar. And, and, uh, and I'm going to leave this side completely open because everybody pay close attention to me. Uh, there are some things that just need to be dealt with in private. And I feel like there are some things that are good to release. And Come over here. Everybody on this side. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just want everyone, everyone on this side. Because uh, this is what I'm going to do. 
I'm just, I'm just going to bless you with the opportunity to come and pray in private. And I'm going to ask everyone just to leave them alone and let them just be with the Lord. You just you come and release and search your heart and let go and forgive and ask for God. Just release those things. And if you want to come and get some help by some of our ministry leader teams, and, I, I, and you don't have to give names, but you can just ask them because there's power and agreement. Amen? So if you've kind of gone through the process of releasing, but maybe are struggling with it, it, just, it still is just there and it's hard, then I would encourage you to come to one of our leaders and just say, hey, I need help. I need help releasing this and let them come and agree with you. Amen. But can we all just agree this morning that we need to forgive and we need to release and we need to have the mark of the Father. That's forgiveness. That's love and that's compassion. So I'm just going to ask you to stand and I'm just going to open up the altar right now. Uh, Craig's just going to lead us in worship for a few minutes. I just, Guys, I beg you to be open and to be honest. I beg you to not hold back. I beg you to. I beg you to respond this morning. I encourage you. Don't let another day go by. Come and release those things right now. Amen. So Craig said, if you wanna if you just want to be in private, come on this side. If you want to have a leader come and agree with you, just come and, and tell one of them. But let's 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 release things to the Lord this morning. Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for all of you. I feel like the Lord's still doing things down here, but I'm going to pray over all of you. I just, there's, there's one thing that I forgot to share. Have, have you ever felt like you needed to forgive the Lord? Had one situation in my life. One time we were just digging in and praying and believing and declaring the scripture. And uh, it didn't turn out the way that we were believing for and praying for. It took me a while for me to realize myself that I was offended at God, that he didn't answer my prayer the way that I thought he was going to. Come on, somebody. How many of you know I had no reason to be upset with God? His will was good and it was perfect. People have a self-will. They have a choice to make in the matter. Amen? But this was so so close to home and it hit and it hurt our hearts so bad that it took me a while to realize that I needed to ask God to forgive me for being upset with Him for things not going the way that I thought they were going to go. Anybody else besides me ever been in that boat before? <laughs> I want to encourage you, if, you had, if you've been in a situation and, 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 and it, it turned out differently, can I just tell you, God is so good. His plan is so much bigger than it. And I'm on, we, we've been on the other side of it for many years now. And God amazed me how He took something so bad and He used it for His good. He's a good Father, guys. So I want to really encourage you to check your heart too. And maybe there's some things that you need to release to the Lord and ask the, and repent and ask the Lord to forgive you uh, at times maybe for some of the offense that you had in Him. So I'm going to bless you. I'm just going to pray over you guys. You guys ready? Let's just receive this today. So Lord, I just thank You for today. And it's been such a good day. Your anointing just so strong over worship. Just Your holiness begin to fill this house. And I don't know, God, today just felt like a hard word to preach. And, um, 
But it wasn't mine. It was yours. It's not my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Now it's the responsibility of the hearers, God, and what they do with that seed. But I thank you for letting, loving us enough to giving us your truth, to letting us know and understand, God, that forgiveness, forgiveness is 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 commanded. That it is not a, that it isn't a choice, God. That it's our duty, God. It's our duty to release as we've been released, God, and then release those people into your hands, God. I can't control anyone else, but I can control me, God. And Lord, so I just declare over this house, God, that we have healthy hearts, that we have healthy hearts, that we have chosen to forgive. And even this week, God, as the Holy Spirit maybe shows us situations or things and people, that God, we call those things out and that we let them go, that we choose to release and that we choose to forgive. I declare, God, that Boonville Worship Center is a church family that operates and lives with the mark of the Father, that we are a body, God, that operates in compassion and forgiveness and love and mercy and we we release things to you, God. I declare that this house has a healthy heart, God. That we have a healthy heart. That we that we operate with sensitivity, God. And when we face offense, when we face bitterness, God, when we get angry, God, when things go wrong, God, when we get disappointed, God, that we don't let the sun go down without releasing that thing to you, God. That we live with the understanding and revelation, God, that the enemy is just waiting for access, God. And that we choose to not give him a foothold in our life, God. So I thank you. And Lord, I thank you for setting captives free today. I thank you that these men and women that have come down and many in the sanctuary, God, have released things to you, God. And that and it is it is off of them now. They have freed themselves because they released their debtors. And I celebrate with the joy and the peace. God, that's going to fill their hearts. And we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get a little praise offering. I love you guys. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.